Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome back, everyone. It's Friday, December 15th on Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Hey, dude, let's do this thing, Betts. We're here, man. The main slate is upon us. Uh, we just had a riveting Thursday night football game between the Chargers, Sands, oh. Keenan Allen, uh, sadly, and uh, you know the Raiders. And now we get to look forward to a slate actually that has some pretty sweet totals. You know, some in the fifties. The Rams game has been bet up, which I'm super excited to talk about. So I'm excited about this slate. I think it is going to be really, really good, uh, good action this weekend. And I like a lot of contrarian plays in the early window. So it sets up, I think very well to get a little contrarian early hit some uh maybe chalk in the late window or game stacks in the late window and go from there so i'm excited how are you feeling about the slate kyle i'm feeling a little better because i don't have to deal with keenan allen emotionally like i just i just got to like set that aside because he's in my home leagues and he's my favorite player in the league so we talked it out and he said it was better for my emotional health if i didn't go into this most important fantasy week of my life without him you know it's just better Better for everyone. And that actually probably did make the decision, obviously, so much easier. If he would have been active, I you would have played him no matter what, right? Yeah, because the don't sit me game was exactly, <laughs> what, three years ago in this exact week, in this exact matchup on the road against the Raiders? That's Yeah, creepy. I would have done the same thing. I know, it's sad. It's, uh, it's super sad. So, um, yeah, we're glad you're with us. Also, quick shout out, top of the show. My mama, it's birthday is uh, is tomorrow as of this recording and really big shout out because she is currently watching our kids while emma and i are in arizona uh we're there for the company christmas party dude mom's for yeah. the win oh man amazing my mom is is an amazing person mama borgannoni uh she's amazing so shout out to her but on this show we will talk about our cash picks games we want to stack prop it like it's hot just uh i just threw bets a, a prop right before the show and he goes ooh, hoo. It's pretty good. So uh, that's one of my favorite things. Bets is the one that gets to be over a lot of our uh, betting department stuff, but it is fun to collaborate together. We usually go back and forth, look at projections, look at trends. And if you want to get those props, you can get them in the DFSPassDFSPass.com. Bets, 
this past week, I don't even think we talked about it on the Tuesday show, but it was a amazing week if people want to get in on props. It was it was awesome. Yeah, we've had a really strong last, I think, two weeks it's been. But last week specifically, I think we were 9-2 and two on our official plays, which was awesome. Uh, swept the board on the Sunday like day slate, so the 1 and 4 o'clock games, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, man, it's been good. And I think this is kind of the part of time of the year where, you know, like there's more injuries, there's more moving parts for the books to keep up with. But obviously you and I with our, uh, you know, our models, so to speak, AKA mm. the spreadsheets, um, are able to track that stuff in full detail. And that's what we do. And that's what you guys listening do, right? This is kind of our, our area of expertise, so to speak. So it's a lot for the books to keep up with, which means I think we're going to find some decent edges over the next, you know, few weeks. You get to the end of the season too, man, and the, there's guys that are chasing, you know, incentives in their contract, which matters. Uh, there's teams that have like a first round buy locked up, so we could see some backup. So things get wonky, but we'll stay on top of it for you guys. Hopefully, keep bringing a couple of winners. Yeah. So go to dfspass.com, use the promo code DFSPOD, and it is such a wild product. So on our site that you get to go on there for dirt cheap and then. Part of the product is making it back through smart bets, through playing DFS. Um, what an investment, they say, uh, DFS. Best ball, what an investment, <laughs> they say, right? Oh, such a great investment. And we didn't even talk about the best part of playing DFS. Dude, if you're on DraftKings, you're earning crowns left and right. I mean, no. those are that's True. a currency that will, that will hold its value for a while. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to look back like a thousand years in the future like... So they there was a period where they used DK crowns. Now, what were those? We have no archaeological finds of what they are, but they were important to a group of people that seemed seemed to be that they lived in a basement. That's like <laughs> all the archaeological finds they could they could have. So, um, let's move on. Straight cash, homie. This slate for cash, I. Th- think is shaping up already to have maybe three or four plays that we feel super strong about. Like I can already tell you in our best plays article, which please do not create a cash game lineup without that article and without our projections and without actually putting the whole lineup together. I can already tell there's three or four pretty much like consensus plays that you and I feel strong about. And then filling in the wide receivers, I think will be a bit of a challenge this week, but at quarterback, Matthew Stafford, Matty Snapback is 6K on the road. I mean, sorry, at home against Washington in the matchup for quarterbacks. And he's only 6K. So another person at DraftKings should lose their job because they left him there after what he's done the last three weeks. So he's probably going to be our top quarterback, although you could talk me into Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think and when we rank those in our you know best plays article, we do consider salary. So for me, I think it will be Matthew Stafford just because you're going to save... Uh, what is it, 800 bucks to drop down from Purdy to Stafford? Not that there is literally anything negative that you could say about Brock Purdy. His guys are healthy. He's taking on the Cardinals. They've been terrible on defense. So yeah, Brock Purdy makes a lot of sense. But I think there is uh, something to consider about saving $800 to try to get up to some of the top running back plays, some of the top wide receiver plays on the slate. So for me, I think Matthew Stafford is probably the strongest considering the salary you talked about it, man. I mean, the matchup with Washington, they just can't stop anyone, especially against the pass, uh, really against the run, which we're going to talk about too. But against the pass, uh, they have been abysmal. And the thing that really with Stafford has been the key over the last couple of years to me really is he's been still you know, so good from a clean pocket. He really has created when he's been under pressure. We saw it against Dallas a few 
uh, a few weeks ago. Washington, since they traded away, Montez Sweat and Chase Young are dead last in pressure rate. So I think Stafford's going to be a clean pocket. He should be able to get the job done here at home. Yeah, I think you just don't have to overcomplicate it in cash formats and 50-50s and head-to-heads because when you flip over the cards, you will probably see a lot of Staffords. You'll see some Purdy's. And there are quarterbacks that project super well. Well, I mean, we'll talk about the game environment for Dallas and Buffalo. They're just more expensive. On FanDuel, I have Matthew Stafford as my top cash quarterback. And then Josh Allen, the ceiling's always there and you can pay up. So Josh Allen's fine on FanDuel, but those are those are the guys that we're probably going to build around. And then because you're spending down with Stafford, you can pay up at other positions, specifically at running back this week, where there are two guys that are above the rest. And we're no, we're not talking Zach Moss. He's on the Saturday slate. So we get a little little break from Zach Moss in our life. But CMC at 9,300, Arizona is bad on so many fronts. I mean, you could attack them with any of the guys this week. Purdy, CMC, Debo, IU, Kittle. All of those guys are in play for tournaments. But CMC is the play against a team that is dead last in PFS rush defense grade. And then if you want to go to pure fantasy points, like across the board, they've just been bottom three in almost every single metric. So CMC, if we get him on the main slate, I'm just going to keep talking about him until they take him off the main slate. Yeah, I like what you brought up in pace of play this week, which you can obviously find in the DFS pass. But you mentioned, you know, listen, like the Niners are never going to be bad plays. Just straight up, like they're going to be great plays because they score so many points. But relatively speaking, these guys are seeing pretty sizable increases in their salary on DraftKings, especially. The only one who's not is Christian McCaffrey, which sort of kind of racks your brain. You're like, wait, why is that? And it's because he's already pretty expensive, right? Like it's kind of tough for DK to make him go from 9,200 to 10K. I mean, we'd probably still try to play him, but uh, he's only really bumped up 100 bucks. So he's the same play as he was last week and the week before and the week before. And it's just been, you know, on repeat, he's the best running back play on the slate, even when you adjust for salary. So, yes, I will be playing him in cash, and I will be trying to figure out cheaper plays to make that work. And we'll talk about Debo and Ayuk and the rest of those guys when we get to breaking down the game. But Debo is $1,500 more than where he was when they started this insane run, you know, about five weeks ago. So keep that in mind, just price sensitive price sensitivity when you're looking at plays. But Kyron Williams... Like you can play Stafford and you can play Kyron together in cash. And I I love Kyron this week. I love him so much. He's gonna I'm gonna play him everywhere. And I'm also going super deep on the emotional hedge because I'm playing him in my home league against him. So that's how far invested I am in this player. <laughs> love that. No matter what, things are gonna go well for you. Um yes, the role is incredible. He is he has Christian McCaffrey's role. I almost said he has Christian McCaffrey. That would be crazy. But he has Christian McCaffrey's role, meaning he's playing over 90% of the snaps. He has 100% of the running back targets in the last two weeks. 92% of the running back carries in the last two weeks. He's fifth in red zone touches despite missing four games this year. So you're getting the Christian McCaffrey role on a team that, you know, normally when uh, the spreads come out and team totals and whatever, like the Rams are usually kind of hanging around 22 to 24-ish points, give or take. This week... That game total has been bet up to 50 and a half. They're at home and their team total is 28 and a half, which is more than it's been in weeks. So Vegas is telling us we should expect touchdown expectation to be higher. And for that reason, Kyron Williams, you know, projects incredibly well. So I think you can play them both together in cash. I'd probably lean away from that in tournaments just because I think that combination is going to be 
quite chalky. So that's how I'd handle it in tournaments. But for cash games, he looks awesome. Yeah, 7,500 is a great tag. Did you see his price on FanDuel? Yeah, 9,600, right? Oh, oh, baby. That is a lot to pay for a player that going into this year was like an 18th round draft best ball pick. (laughs) Oh, he is carrying one of my best ball mania teams where I was like, oh man, how did I luck box into drafting Kyron Williams my last pick? I don't like my state of mind when I was drafting was like, oh yeah, I guess whatever. I'll just throw in Kyron. He's been amazing. So Kyron on both sides, but on DraftKings, he's an even better play at 7,500. When you look at price, I really want to play Bijan too this week. 6,800 against Carolina, most rushing touchdowns allowed. His opportunities have increased. The one thing I will say is that the last time the Falcons played these Panthers, it was week one. And I don't know if you remember, that was Tyler Algier getting two rushing touchdowns. And that's what teams do, right? They just run, 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 run against uh, the Panthers. Last week, you saw the Falcons actually have a 68% neutral uh, pass rate. That's not going to happen this week on the road. So they're going to run a ton. So I just, I think Bijan is still too cheap. And I think you can play three running backs in cash. So uh, anything you want to add to our boy Bijan? No, I don't think so. I think there was a little stretch like in the middle of the season, right? Where, you know, for literally like five weeks in a row, we kept taking his over on his receiving yards because it was too low. And then he kind of got away from him in the passing game. Now that is back. You know, he's seeing four, five, six targets on a weekly basis. And on DraftKings, that goes so far as, as elevating a player's floor and ceiling. So I think he's incredibly strong. I think the way that I would look at this right now, at these running backs at the top here, even when you adjust for salary, I'm trying to fit CMC and Kyron. And then Bijan is just a play, you know, for me, it's a matter of how does it fit your salary? Do you like the cheap wide receiver plays, which I think there's a couple of decent ones this week? Um, or do you try to spend up at wide receiver? And if you spend up at wide receiver, you obviously can't play all three of these running backs. So to me, that's the decision point. I think Bijan to me is pretty firmly the third uh, best running back, quote unquote, even when you adjust for salary among the three that we already talked about. Yeah, I need to mention Rashad Wright because he's been awesome. RB5 on the year. He's 7K on DraftKings. 7,500 on FanDuel is a little bit better tag. And I do like, I like that game as kind of a sneaky shootout with the Packers. Jordan Love's been way better at home. So I kind of like him more as like a correlation play if you pick, you know, Jaden Reed and Rashad White together. So I I don't think he'll crack my top three. Uh, But Zeke is kind of the name we have to throw out there this week. His price is great. 5,800 on DraftKings, 6,500 on FanDuel. Can you see yourself, you know, paying for Kyron and CMC and then having a third running back like Zeke where you're saving $1,000 from Bijan? Yeah, I think certainly you can. And, you know, the reason that I think he's in play this week for cash, which if you would have told me, you know, early in the year that in week uh, 15, December, <laughs> that we'd be playing Zeke, who was basically, you know, showing several signs of decline when he was in Dallas as a like locked in cash play <laughs> late in the year, I would have said you're crazy. But, Ramondre is still not expected to play. Last week, Zeke's role was insanely good. I mean, you can't find a better role, you know, truthfully, as far as the amount of touches he got, the playing time, all those things. I do have some concerns, though. And I think he might be a decent fade in tournaments because they are, last time I saw nine and a half point underdogs to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs who are coming off of a loss. If you expect them to write the ship, Zeke's in a negative game script. Could he still pile up four, five, six catches? Certainly. But last week, dude, his efficiency catching the football was like, outlier good and i don't think that's happening again on the flip side of that and i'm kind of just making the argument for both sides so people can make their own decision is the chief's run defense has been abysmal 
this year. Right. And you can run on the Chiefs. They're dead last in DVOA against the run over the last four weeks. So I see both sides of it. I think he's probably one of those guys that if he is going to be likely very chalky and he makes sense for your construction and cash, go for it. But to me, he's a somewhat uh, easy fade, relatively speaking, I think in tournaments. No, I think that's a great point. Last week, we love James Cook in this matchup against the Chiefs for similar reasons. I, I was kind of dwelling on your point where you're like, hey, if you would have told me in week one, um, you know, Zeke Elliott would be somebody we'd be talking about. There's so many things that if you were to talk to your prior self from week one, you'd be like, no, week 15, you were on drugs because uh, imagine telling yourself like, hey, so Joe Flacco going to be super important to this season. Um, uh, there's a guy named Tommy Cutlets. You don't really know about him yet, but we're going to be talking about him like the media is going to love him. Incredible. I know this is it's what makes this super fun and really hard in projections because nobody, nobody, not even Joe Flacco saw Joe Flacco being a thing because he was just chilling at home. So uh, those are our running backs. Let's go to wide receiver. The pay up spot this week is CD lamb at 9,200 on the road against Buffalo. Just feels so safe, man. Uh, a touchdown, five straight games, seven touchdowns, the last seven games. And then the target share has been so so great so big cd lamb fan here uh any other pay up options that are standing out to you honestly not really it sort of is a, a tough week i think at wide receiver where there's not a lot of awesome price adjusted plays uh you know considering the salary like certainly you could jam in a couple of the guys at the top but you're sacrificing christian mccaffrey you're probably not playing Kyron williams and i think even considering you know comparing cmc to these nine 8k wide receivers i'm still trying to play christian mccaffrey so it's a very tough week to spend up at wide receiver in my opinion knowing that in tournaments that's a way that you could get unique with your construction but i think for cash games it's really tough to go there uh at those spots unless we get injury news over the weekend and we get a couple you know min guys that we can play but otherwise it's really tough to go to the top yeah i i would say that if tyreek hill wasn't injured we would still have concerns about this price which is 9900 and obviously, they set these prices way early. They set them before the Monday night game. And then you have a matchup against the Jets. So it stinks that we're looking at a slate where we see Tyreek and we're like, ah, nobody's going to be playing him. Tournaments, if he's healthy enough and wants to play, Tyreek can just buck any trend. And he said on his Twitch stream, which I didn't watch, but I saw on the news, that he said oh, he's going to play in his ankles. Definitely not. Um, so Diggs is expensive. We can talk about him in tournaments. What do you do about the Rams wide receivers? So Cup is 7,800, Puka 7,300. I feel like the field is going to split in cash. Like if they don't play Kyron, then they're going to stack Stafford because of the matchup. But I feel like it's going to be hard to pick the right one in cash. In tournaments, you go for it. But in cash, they're kind of expensive. Yeah, I was kind of just thinking about that too. And like looking at the two, you know, talking about DraftKings pricing, 7,800, compared to 7300 for uh, cups more expensive than Nakua on FanDuel it's basically a pick 'em 8200 for cup and 8k for Nakua so like pick your guy this just feels like analysis paralysis where you're just like ah, I don't want to pick the wrong guy in cash so I'll just move on which I think you you don't need one of these guys in cash I think they're viable considering salary I'd probably lean down to Nakua just save 500 bucks I mean the targets recently have been pretty similar uh, he's got a 23% target share uh, since they're by does Puka Nakua Cooper Cup on the other hand eight and ten targets last two weeks so like it could be either guy I just don't want to get the wrong one in cash so I probably won't prioritize them in cash games 
but obviously they're great plays for tournaments if you're stacking up Stafford. The hardest part is when you start, you know, we talked about CMC and Kyron, like, oh, they're great plays. Oh, CeeDee Lamb's a great play. You need like almost two punts to make that work this week. And at tight end, we have some punts. At wide receiver, the cheap guys are not super cheap, right? Like we don't have a stone men right now that people are trying to jam in. So it's Wandale Robinson at 3,700 is a cheap PPR play. It's also super gross. If you've ever played Wandale in cash, like, I don't, would you say like two for five is like in the realm of possibility? Oh, for sure. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened a couple of times this year where, you know, when he came back from his ACL, like he wasn't playing a lot of the snaps, but his targets throughout run was so strong. And the role was terrible because it was like, what, four yard, eight out or something. Um, so, but he would pile up a couple of catches here and there and you're like, okay, yeah, I can get, I can get six or seven points here. And, and as long as my studs do their job, that's fine. I don't know what happened Monday night, dude. He transformed into, you know, this kind of every down type of player that was running all these different routes. He was getting a little bit of usage short and down the field. So I think he's okay at 3,700. But like you said, are we going to be surprised if he comes out and goes two catches for 15 yards? Of course not. So I think he's fine. Again, in these cash games style contests, that player, if he is popular, as Kyle always reminds us, is not going to make or break your week in cash. If the field plays him and you want to throw him in and get your six or seven points, great as long as you kind of get the other guys in your lineup that go off it's totally fine and you know we need guys like that on this slate if you want to play McCaffrey Karen Williams etc so I think he's fine the middle tier I think is where a lot of people are going to go last week it was Drake London uh Garrett Wilson those kind of guys Rasheed Rice he's up to 6100 so I don't think he's like a must play this week but he's still on the radar because he's number one read for Patrick Mahomes, 6,100 there. Jaden Reed at 4,900 has given us some like mini Debo vibes. You know, last week it was four carries, uh, eight targets. He's kind of the first read in the offense. If Christian Watson's out, if Dontavian Wicks is out, then he seems like a great play and a great cash play. So I could see Jaden Reed being popular. Garrett Wilson at 5,800 is just getting targeted. He leads the league in air yard, uh, percentage is at 49%. So he is basically their downfield stuff if you want to play him there. I just have a hard time because I need somebody cheaper if I want to fit in CD and CMC. So right now I don't really have a play for those guys. I mean it's Wandale, right? It's probably Wandale and Jaden Reed. Right, but then you're going to have to punt tight end as well. True. Are we looking at a two tight end slate, Kyle? I don't know. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> We're not getting crazy. Okay. <laughs> no. And the cheap tight ends this week are Chig or Tucker Craft. If you want to look there and I think they're fine if you want to play them, but I just love Trey McBride and I, you do too. So I want to play him. Yes. So here's my argument for two tight ends. I'm not saying this is what I will do because I'm not sure yet. We'll just wait You're and see. You're not saying you won't do it. I'm not saying I won't do it. I think it's viable and you'll have to wait till Saturday when we get the best plays article out. And when we hop in discord and kind of uh, give some final thoughts but look the cheap wide receiver plays they're not great man honestly the mid-range isn't incredible like i like Jaden reed i like rishi rice but rice at 5500 is a very different conversation than 6100 so when you look at the wide receivers that are priced between 5k and 5500 trey mcbride is the best play in that range because he is not a tight end he is a wide receiver and if you look at his metrics and his usage he's being used as such so I am treating him like a wide receiver this week. He is by far 
the first read in the offense, target share, whatever you want to use, he's the dude. San Francisco, is it a tough matchup? Yes. However, that defense is decimated by injury. I sent you the list this morning. They have big-time injury issues going on as far as the starters in the middle of the field. Drake Greenlaw, Oren Burks, uh, Javon Hargrave, their defensive tackle, Traverius Ward, their top corner, all those guys out. Eric Armstead is probably going to miss another game, and they're all pro safety. Uh, Hafunga tore his ACL about a month ago. So I think Trey McBride can still eat in this matchup. We have no Hollywood Brown, likely, still not practicing. Michael Wilson, we'll see. I think he's a wide receiver play on the slate. So if you play him as such and you know get a cheap Chigakonkwo or Tucker Craft or whoever your punt uh, tight end du jour is, Trey McBride looks so strong this week. So I will be playing him. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. You have to think of him as a wide receiver you are paying for at 5.2. Like that's that's the only way you can look at it. Um, and Scott Barrett had a, had a great tweet that I want to give a shout out. But if you think about him that way, he's the wide receiver 23 in salary. So he's kind of down there, but his usage is basically a wide receiver one across the board. So at 5,200, I feel like that's a play. I'm still just searching for who the cheap play is. Like, I don't want to play Robert Woods, man. That like especially, that's just dust. Especially with Davis Mills. Yeah. So th- those plays just don't look good. I do want to throw this out on FanDuel. Jalen Waddle is 7K. They like totally forgot about him. And that's just a wild price to pay for a player averaging 69 receiving yards a game. So uh, last thing, let's talk about defense because I hate it. I hate it so much because the best plays really are the plays that you have to pay up for. Usually we get one or two punt plays. We're like, ah, I don't care. I could see them getting five points. I could even see them winning. I cannot find a defense this week in the low range. I mean, there's tournament plays like the bills at 2,400 at home are interesting, but I mean, are are you seeing anything? The Patriots at 2300 There really aren't, like you said, good plays that are cheap. The Jets? Which, which is tough. Um, yeah, man, there's no like slam dunks. I think the Jets would be fine. Uh, well, actually, I think they'd be okay if Tyreek doesn't play. It's obviously very scary if he does play because they can just bury you. But we saw the offensive line injuries with Miami on Monday night. I think they lost their center to a 20 ACL, if I'm not mistaken. So um, they've got issues there, and then Tyreek's banged up. So I I get it. I think the Giants are in play. We talked about them on Tuesday taking on Derek Carr. They're twenty seven hundred. Uh, but I think if you just look at kind of the mid range, like a, the three K options, like the Rams make sense. And I know it feels weird to probably play like Stafford with the, his own defense in cash. I think it's fine um, taking on Sam Howell. Obviously, we know he's willing to take some sacks. So I think the Rams are probably the best play in the three K range. But I don't feel go- uh, great about it. They got a nice sack base floor, as they all say. Oh, yes. Um, um, Cleveland's fine, too, at 3.5. Yeah. It's just getting expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. And I hate paying that price knowing I need to uh, find some some different spots. So uh, keep that in mind. Also, last thing we want to say is don't forget about late swap and cash because the late window is the uh, the hammer. It's the afternoon hammer when you look at these games that we are about to preview. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. 
Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Alrighty then. We're going to jump into these games for week 15. Stack Attack. If you want to get all of our plays for tournaments, for cash, they're in the DFS pass, including the pace of play where I walk through these three games and talk about the metrics. But Betts and I are going to start first with the Washington and Rams game. So it's at Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a seven-point home favorite, and it's been bet up to 50.5. So we get two 50-point games this week, Betts. Do you know what the... uh, record is this year in terms of over-unders for 50-point games. I'm just trying to think of how many 50-point games we've even had. Which We've had seven. I was going to say, you can probably count on, on one or two hands. Um, I'm how many say, have hit the over? How many have hit the over? I'm going to say two. One. All right, one so game. Are we betting these unders here? I, I Hey, before the year, wasn't that my like weird, like, I'm just going to blindly do this? That was your model. And it's been working pretty well so far so um these will be the weeks that it go over so i hope I, DFS I, they do i hope so too uh let's talk about this though the rams are on a roll the last three weeks 31 36 37 points and that is correlated perfectly with the return of kyron williams from the ir so uh, let's just start on the Rams side because everything looks great sean mcveigh has looked awesome matthew stafford's looked awesome and the, this defensive matchup is a dream for us. Sean McVay's looked awesome on the sidelines. Oh, man. As a play caller. <laughs> also, uh, Georgia uh, native Sean oh, McVay. So I had to of throw course. that out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's not much, you know, groundbreaking analysis here. It's like these guys are awesome and they're affordable that you can stack them up. My question to you is, you know, if Stafford's going to be the, the cash game option. He's obviously going to be popular in tournaments, but it never really gets outsized for what uh, for quarterbacks, you know, 15%-ish. Maybe you'll see in large field tournaments, which I think is fine. And if we expect Stafford to roll here, obviously he's bringing at least one of these pass catchers with him. Do you see enough ceiling in this spot to play Cup and Nakua together? Because we talk about this a lot with, you know, like a Kelsey stack with Mahomes, for example, or someone like that. When you're spending that much money on a stack, if they each give you like, 18 points that's not good enough right like that's probably a min cash but you're not winning anything meaningful these guys have to go bonkers to pay off their tags 7800 7300 for cup and nakua so do you think that combo is doable this week to get a ceiling or is that too expensive i think it's definitely doable uh it's nice that stafford's only 6k because when you start to add those together like you need 80 points from cup nakua stafford and I think the way that people are going to play, like Kyron's going to be super popular. And, and I mentioned like the two wide receivers are kind of cannibalize each other where you're not really worried about either or. So getting them together, I think is a way to get some leverage in this game. The, the best way to get leverage in this game is to guess which commander's wide receiver is the one. And nobody knows. Terry McLaurin Truth. doesn't even know. <laughs> he does. He has no clue. 
So I I think with Stafford, you have to double stack him though. Yeah. Because he just offers nothing on the ground. And we've seen the last three weeks, it's been him getting multiple touchdowns through the year, which was his bugaboo at the beginning of the year. It was just one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown. So um, the best part also is that with the commander's defense, we know that they're going to throw. Opponents are throwing on them the highest rate in the NFL. And then, as Betts mentioned, dead last in every single metric, DVOA, EPA per pass attempt, DVP, everything you could think of, they're the worst, the worst in the league. So uh, it's hard to poke a hole in the Rams offense right now and say, like, stay away from this. But if you think there's a lot of roster percentage and you like this game, what you're saying is Kyron gets two touchdowns. Some other rando gets another touchdown. You know, it's Davis Allen, it's Demarcus Robinson, uh, whoever. And then the wide receivers don't come through or you can soak up the entire offense if there's two touchdowns or Kyron goes over 100 and then Cup gets the two touchdowns or Puka Nakua. So I think that's one of my more favorite ways to do it is that Kyron gets them on the ground and then only one receiver gets there and then you go somewhere different at quarterback. But at six yeah, K, it's it's so cheap that you know you don't need Stafford to hit thirty points. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point too. I think uh, it's a good spot. Like I'm probably going to play a Ram in most lineups this week. You know whether I'm stacking Stafford or not. Uh, just the spot's so clean. Their team totals up. So we love the Rams this week. It's just a matter of how much salary and how much roster percentage do you eat. That's what you need to be considering when you're setting your tournament lineups. And if you do play these guys, which obviously we we're telling you is a good idea, just make sure you're getting different elsewhere. I will say that a couple things to monitor. Tutu Atwell is in concussion protocol. We'll still, we're still waiting on news on him if he'll play. If he's out, I think Demarcus Robinson's a very viable punt play. 3,600 on DraftKings. Um, last week when Tutu left early, which was in, I think, the first quarter, he ran around on 42 out of 43 dropbacks. Saw 10 targets. Now, the target numbers are a little inflated because of overtime, but like if he gets you six, seven targets at 3,600 on a team that might score 30 points, to me, that's a pretty interesting dart throw especially if he is not popular and wanda robinson is popular easy price point pivot there so if you're stacking stafford i uh, i like to marcus robinson as kind of a sneaky pump play yeah the only problem was last week was a revenge game for him so Ooh, we had that point. going on good point and yeah i mean they just they were pushed last week so that was the best right. part about the game it's just it was a back and forth back and forth the entire game it, it's it begs the question like can washington actually stay in this we've seen them against your eagles give them tons of fits this year of just those back and forth games but they've also laid some absolute duds when we tried to play them a couple weeks ago against the dolphins the only person who got there was howell with rushing touchdowns and everybody else was just doo-doo the reason is the target share is not condensed that's what we love in dfs is where there's two maybe three options here it's like the target shares are so low they're the only team in the nfl to not have a single player have 21 plus percent of the targets. So Terry McLaurin seems like the obvious one, but last time we saw him, he admitted that he was a cardio King, that he listens to this podcast. So that that's just, that's great for the podcast, but it's worrisome for his usage. It is. But doesn't this feel like a spot in tournaments to just go back to him and take a shot? Like that's kind of what I yes. love in, in tournaments when, the rhetoric on a player is so negative. And if you play a season long or if you've got him on your best ball teams or whatever, like you feel the pain of Terry McLaurin. But as we always say, we don't care. Like it's one week. So after a week of literally running around, not catching a single football, 
two weeks ago. They go into their bye week. Don't you think in that room they're like, let's get Terry the ball more this week? I mean, that certainly seems logical to me. Maybe that's wish casting. But if I am taking a shot here, especially considering salaries, you know, he's uh, what is he on, on DraftKings fifty six hundred, Dotson at forty seven hundred, and then Curtis Samuel's up to forty six hundred. Curtis Samuel is a different conversation than he was a few weeks ago when he was like yes. 3,800, 4,100. Like that's starting to get pretty close in pricing that I'll take the guy that has shown over a long enough sample size that he's kind of the one in the offense. and just hope this is the week it hits if you're playing a bring back, which I think is a good question. Like, do you even need a bring back from Washington because the ball spread out so much? I don't think you, it's like necessary. Like I wrote this up, like the Rams could score 25 plus points, hit their team implied total. How could throw the ball 40 plus times? And yet maybe one commander gets like over 15 points and it could be like Antonio Gibson, who I mean, what's the latest on Brian Robinson? Because if Brian Robinson is banged up, like Gibson is interesting because he's been seeing a little bit more usage. Yeah. Robinson right now looks questionable with the hamstring as we record. We'll see what comes out on Friday, but the plan that they said was they will hope he practices this week and, and see from there. So they're coming out of their bye week, which unfortunately we don't get a lot of news on that stuff. So Still kind of a wait and see on, on Brian Robinson. The Rams defense, they run zone 77% of the time. It's one of the highest rates in the league. So you're getting a pretty heavy zone look uh, for the Washington Commanders. And you go, oh, cool. Well, let's just find out who's good against zone. They haven't been good this year at all. I mean, D- Dotson had a game against the Eagles where it went well, but they also run a lot of man coverage. I mean, Terry's the one. If you're just looking at splits, yards per out run. So I think that's where I'm going to go. I do want to finally just, you know, my final point is that if you do stack with Howell, I think you can get leverage on the field. You know that he can run the ball. So if you wanted to double stack Howell and then put at least one Ram on the other side and just say the Rams, their touchdowns go through Kyron or they go through Cup, or if you really think this game just goes off and, you know, the Rams score, you could go Howell double stack with Kyron and Cup because the Washington side is so cheap and just say this game hits 60 plus points. That's a good point too on pricing with the Washington side here is that it is so cheap. McLaurin's their most expensive uh, expensive play, assuming Brian Robinson doesn't play. So you could really make it work, I think, somewhat easily. Uh, obviously, Howe's a little bit more expensive, but making that stack work makes sense to me in tournaments. So I like that you brought that up. All right, give me your Vegas pick. <sighs> Man. It feels scary to take an under on a total that's been bet up, but the numbers are too strong, dude. We got to take the under on the 15 and a half. Yeah, I would take the under here if I am if I sound like a sharp person. And <laughs> I mean, there, there's a real possibility that Washington scores 15 points and that's it. True. It's just, it's just they, they lay a dud. But um, I would take the under right here. And then seven is a really good number, the line. So I would stay away from that. Next game, San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco is now a 12 and a half point favorite. It was bet down. It was at 14. Do you think that has to do with the injuries? Um, I think it's potentially injuries, but also it's a pretty key number. So I think just kind of a little bit of movement on that. Okay. The over-under is at 48. So it's a great spot. And it's a great spot for a San Francisco team that is rolling. I mean, every single spot you can think of, this team is just Balling out since week nine, 34, 27, 31, 42, 28 points. And the Cardinals defense is one of those, just like the Washington, like that's what we're getting here. We're getting two offenses that are humming. We got it with the Rams, now with the 49ers, against a defense that is basically the worst. They're 32nd completion rate allowed, 31st in pass DVOA, 
31st in EPA per pass attempt. And here's a stat that just still blows my mind. This year, against the Cardinals, 40% of pass attempts have resulted in a first down or a touchdown. So 40% of the time they throw the ball, you're getting a first down, getting a touchdown. They're just going to keep moving the ball with the most efficient offense in the NFL. So um, let's start on the 49er side and then ask the question, do we need Cardinals? So this is interesting because normally we say, yes, you should double stack Brock Purdy and you can include CMC and then just pick your favorite guy. But uh, the pricing is tough, man. I mean, if you're playing Purdy on DraftKings, 6,800 is is doable. He can obviously pay that off. And then you want to play CMC. It's like, man, you're already putting a ton of uh, all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And then if you want to double stack him, I mean, Ayuk and Debo, like there were weeks where you're paying... 6,100 for those guys, 6,200. Now Debo is almost 8K. Brandon Ayuk is still 7,200, which feels like his price has been the same for a little while. Uh, And George Kittle, you know, 5,800 is doable, but it's not cheap either. So that's the tough part for me is like, I'm having trouble seeing a scenario where you can make that fit and work and project well without sacrificing all the other stuff in your lineup, which I mean, can it work? Of course, we've seen this team put up 30, 35 points in real life. So that's where I'm struggling. Um, I like the spot clearly. I think this is a week where when I consider those salaries, I'm kind of interested in Kittle uh, just because he's the cheapest of the bunch. We know he has a ceiling and we kind of talked about that 5k range for wide receivers being really not ideal. If you compare Kittle to those guys, Kittle has a ceiling. So I kind of like the Purdy CMC Kittle stack this week, just considering price. Yeah, I think Kittle's probably going to get lost in the mix of the punt tight ends, Chig, Craft and then Trey McBride is going to be a popular play this week too. Uh, and so it gives you leverage if you, if you you want to do that over Trey McBride. Or I don't think it's crazy to play those two tight ends. Oh, because double, they're basically double alpha. Yeah, those guys are awesome. The, I so the 49ers, when I look at projections and I look at ceiling outcomes, every time I'm like, oh, you know what? I gotta have CMC in my lineup because he's CMC. And then you like turn your head, you're like. I don't know. Debo's been killing it. And then you go to Ayuk and then you go to per- like, you could tell me any of those things. I do want to throw out a Debo stat, which is hot, hot Debo stat. Arizona is running two eye safety 64% of the time. It's the second highest rate in the league. Debo's yards per out run against two eye safeties. It breaks every spreadsheet. Like it's just off the charts and he's been off the charts recently. So you can say like, Oh, he's been way too efficient. That's this dude's game. That's who he is. He's averaging 2.52 fantasy points per touch. So if this guy gets, I don't know, eight touch, eight touches, like you're guaranteed 16 plus points. Um, and then Ayuk, he correlates better with CMC than anybody else in the team. So it's like, I want to play all of them, but I don't think it'll work. So if you're, let's say you're stacking the Rams game and you're saying, okay, the Rams and Washington game, and you're like, I want a piece from this game. Like, pick one. Yes. <laughs> it's, the answer is CMC yes. or Debo are, feel like the easiest answers. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is like, you don't necessarily have to get into a full game stack here to be excited about the Niners. Like, if, you know, Purdy comes out and he's good but not great, and CMC is good but not great, but then like, Debo is the only one you needed if you stack these guys up, it's, you know, that doesn't work sometimes considering salary. So I think that you can stack them that you don't have to. But like you said, I think that's a good point. If you do stack up the Rams game instead, 
and you just want a piece here and say only one of these guys smashes at their salary, that's a way to play it as well. So you don't have to get stuck in the game stack aspect of it. We just wanted to point out it's tough to fit. They're all great plays. I, as usual, like to let Ross percentages dictate how I handle the San Francisco guys because it's classic so volatile bets. week to week. Uh, what'd you say? I said classic bets, just letting roster percentages dictate. Letting the field bully me. Um, I do the same. Wherever the field is overconfident in a certain guy, when we know yes. it could be Debo, it could be Ayuk. I usually just in tournaments like to kind of just flip it and play the other guy. So that's my personal approach. Um, it's tough, man. It's such a clean spot. They've got such a good team total. And I think the the Cardinals... I mean, the, the spread, yes, it's massive. I would not be surprised if they hang around a little bit longer than you think just because Whoa. just because of the injuries, as I talked about on San Francisco's defensive side, Arizona coming out of the bye with extra rest, second divisional matchup, yada, yada, yada. I, I wouldn't be surprised is all I'm saying. No, I heard, I heard what you're saying. Cardinals money line is looking. You, you can look that up because... Lock of the week. Uh, that, it's it's got to be the lock of the week. So let's let's turn to the Cardinals... Coming off the bye, no big deal. Just best team in the league they get to face. Teams have to throw on San Francisco. It's the highest rate in the league at 67%, highest in a decade. So it sounds awesome. You're going to get tons of volume. With Kyler, this team has stalled. They're 22nd in plays per game. They just haven't been efficient. And you can see it at wide receiver. Hollywood Brown's been dealing with injuries. They've been throwing out Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson has missed a ton of games. So it's been a lot of Trey McBride. We love him. Probably not going to say much more about McBride, but he's he's amazing. I We did a study a few years ago about garbage time because I could look at this team and go, oh, there's going to be so many options. The problem with teams when they get blown out is that they get blown out because they're inefficient. They don't have the ball. So, you know, the, the idea that just teams like, oh, they're just going to throw a ton in the fourth quarter. Maybe they're just really bad and they don't have opportunities. And over the last five years, if you're blown out by more than 12 points, those quarterbacks, 75% of the time, they average only 197 passing yards and half a touchdown. So I think that's probably a little bit low dealing with the 49ers injuries. Like I think there's at least one option here from the Cardinals. And I'm really just putting my money on either Trey McBride or Michael Wilson. Those have been the zone busters for this team this year. And Michael Wilson, let's not forget, like he had a monster game against these 49ers early in the year seven for 67 wait seven for 76 and two <laughs> yes he was limited early in the week so we just got to make sure he's active but i love that you put that in the pace of play the government doesn't want you to remember that wilson went off against this Niners defense uh, he's i mean he's a dart throw right 3300 yes. if you're if you want to bring back to me it's very clearly him if he plays or trey mcbride who we already talked about at length so yeah, I think that's it's pretty clean on their side. I'm not getting into James Conner this week. San Francisco third in DVOA against the run in the last four weeks. Negative game script. Eh. So to me, it's very clearly uh, Wilson, if he's in, and McBride is obviously a great play. Yeah, and if you don't want to stack Purdy because you think he's too expensive, you can just play CMC and McBride or CMC, Ayuk and McBride or Debo right. and McBride and just kind of correlate it that way. Um, I, I think... I think the 49ers roll. I would take 49ers minus 12 and a half. Yeah, the, the line's scary because you said it was 14. Now it's 12 and a half. So yes. for some reason, people are backing uh, the Cardinals. What could go wrong? But there are a lot of injuries on the defensive side. So I get it. My play is going to be let's bet on the Niners to score 30 points and let's take their team total. Yep. I like it. All right. Last game we're going to talk about Dallas at Buffalo. Buffalo's two and a half point home favorite against a Dallas team that is rolling right now. 
The over-under is at 51, so another 50-plus point total. What could go wrong? We love Dallas games because since week eight, something changed. Something in the heart of Mike McCarthy changed on that day where he said, you know what? I'm going to have fun. I'm going to use my best players. And they've been really fun. 38 points per game over the last six weeks. Their pace is up. It's awesome. And then when we look at the Bills side, that an exciting win controversial but exciting win over the Chiefs and we have a new OC and they're playing faster they're involving James Cook more with uh, Joe Brady the new OC so it's just a game that there's a lot of spots to like for sure I think you said it uh, pretty well it's just the answer is yes here like this game is kind of the game of the week it's the the primetime 425 kickoff so there's a lot here that you're excited about um I think this is another one similar to the San Francisco conversation where the pricing makes it challenging as far as the stacking side in this game because like you said you know on tuesday like if you want to play dak plus cd well okay great but i mean dak's 8k cd's 9200 on both sites bring it back with digs digs is 8400 on DraftKings, 8500 on fanduel so like that gets tricky to me so i think this is a uh, another game that if you are stacking you got to find a cheap ish guy in it which i like don kincaid for that reason I like Turd Ferguson, so the tight ends here make a lot of sense if you're stacking where you're betting on touchdowns anyway. We project these teams to score touchdowns, so if you are stacking Josh Allen, I like Kincaid. If you're stacking Dak, I like uh, Turd Ferguson. Yeah, on the Buffalo side, I will mention that with Dawson Knox back, they ran 12 personnel 31% of the time. That was their highest rate since week three. And Dallas, sneakily enough, this is from Fantasy Pro's Sam Hoppen, they are dead last in expected points added versus 12 personnel this year. So I think you're going to see, I know, I I think you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel, which takes Khalil Shakir kind of pretty much random dart throw area. Gabe Davis, good luck figuring that out. Dallas runs a lot of man coverage and what that, what you deal with is a lot of single high looks. You deal with a lot of uh, gambling. These are my football guy takes for the day. Um, So I, I like digs and I like the tight ends in this game the most. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, we were on James Cook. He was our dude last week. Are we going back or yes. what? It's the same. It's coming back to the same thing. Like against man coverage, if you leave a guy like that open, you're going to get targets over and over again. And he's been seeing a lot more. His 31% targets per outrun with Joe Brady as OC is is hot, man. So I think James Cook is still in play. Tournaments only. Like you're not going to play him in cash. But uh, if you wanted to go, if you're stacking up the Dallas side, then I think Cook is a fine bring back as just the one piece from the Bills. It's just another game where you can't fit everyone in here and then also try to fit in Debo from another game or Kyron from another game. You just can't do all of those. So Cook is at least cheaper than Diggs, cheaper than CeeDee Lamb, and uh, on DraftKings, he's still cheaper than Tony Pollard, who I, I at least can say this. He's more involved in the passing game recently. And the Bills are really bad. They're fourth most running back receptions with Matt Milano out. So he's at least interesting. I think he's more of like in wipeout pick territory where like Pollard scored two, two touchdowns and this game hits the under. That's that's the only way I'd play him. Yeah, makes sense. I think he's cash viable on FanDuel. 7K is super cheap Yeah, for a game environment like this where we expect him to score points. So I think he's good over there for that. But yes, I agree with you on him as a tournament take. Uh, one thing I was just realizing looking through this late window with the guys that we talked about, we talked about Kincaid, Jake Ferguson, um, Trey McBride, George Kittle. 
One way that I'm thinking about playing this is, you know, get a little contrarian early, kind of figure out what you need in the late window, and then look at this pricing, man. It's like it's like literally perfect. Like Jake Ferguson, 4,800 on DK. Don Kincaid, 53. Uh, Trey McBride, 5,200. Kittle, 5,800. So like if you need to late swap around these guys and pivot and use roster percentages to your advantage, that to me is an interesting way to play for an elite tight end upside week, which I think there's some great plays on the slate. No, that's a good point because it's pretty rare to be able to late swap into three or four different really good tight end options. We're not just saying like you're swapping to a punt. You're actually like getting away from those and you're potentially stacking them up. So uh, yeah, the slate hinges on Terry Ferguson. What could go wrong, man? Will he catch his he, uh, end zone target or not? That's the key. They call him the hinge of week 15, <laughs> Turd Ferguson. Uh, but yeah, it's a great price. I wrote him up in cash on Fandle because uh, that's that's way too cheap. On the Dallas side, is Dak just like you're double stacking if you're using him? It's so much more expensive than what we used to be doing. Uh, it is, but I think it's still doable. You've got to play, to me, one of Cooks or jake ferguson and i think to me my favorite is jake ferguson just he's cheaper it's easier to work so i think you do still want to double stack him and obviously you're playing cd but when you do that this is very expensive which is making it really tricky so um you need a cheap guy and like i said i think to me that this week if you are going to play some dac it is jake ferguson yeah i go dac cd turd ferg and then maybe bring it back with james cook and then you can you know you still have some room in your roster to have one other stud from another game but Right. Um, yeah, I mean, everything says this game should go off, um, but 2023 has had a very, very different vibe. Uh, any last thoughts on this game? Uh, no, I think we covered it. All right, give me your Vegas take. 50-point total. Let's go under. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good line, man. It um, is. I will say... Oh, man... Like I, I can see like we we've been looking at Dallas just hitting their team applied totals just like it's easy, and I talked about that on Tuesday show. So I'm just going to stay with that. That Dallas hits 24 points. Like it. All right, we're going to talk about a couple of correlation plays before we get to our slate breaker. Um, I'll quickly mention Jordan Love because he's good at home. Buccaneers are bad. They're 30th in yards per uh, attempt allowed, and there's cheap options. So like Jordan Love. Double stacking him is so cheap if you wanted to go read and craft, but those also are chalkier plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Jordan Love's fine. I think Mike Evans, you can go back to him on the other side of Rashad White. So it just feels like pretty simple in that game uh, where it could go off. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's a really good call, especially when you consider, you know, Sam Howell's right in that range, Stafford's right in that range. I mean, 6,200 for Jordan Love seems a little eh, but. Desmond Ritter just went off for 29 DK points against this pass funnel defense. Yeah, so he did. I, and who, who could have seen that coming? So I like that call quite a bit. And you can, if you get a contrarian guy and we'll see what roster percentage looks like, but like if craft isn't as popular as you might think, or Dontavian Wicks plays and he's in range at 4k, like you can double stack love and then just spend up on studs, right? Cause they're so cheap. So I like that call quite a bit. I'm also going to throw out a potential Justin Fields week is upon us against this mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns defense. Now, that sounds crazy when you say playing field against Cleveland. Like, you can't do that. Cleveland's dominant. But their defense is absolutely destroyed by injury. And since week 11, the dominant defense that we knew from earlier in the year is not that. They're 18th in EPA per play in that sample. And Cleveland plays a ton of man coverage, fourth highest rate in the league. That tends to give 
mobile and rushing quarterbacks lanes to run because the defense, you know, when they're trying to cover the wide receiver, they'll turn their back, they're down the field, whatever. When that happens, Fields should take off and run. And his last three stat lines are elite. 18 for 104, 12 for 59, 12 for 58, and a touchdown. I think that's a strong play this week, a contrarian tournament option to spend up. And then DJ Moore, he leads the NFL in the percentage of his yards against man coverage this year. So to me, that stack makes sense in tournaments. It's expensive, but we've seen them have a ceiling already this year. So give me the Fields and DJ Moore stack this week. All right, our slate breakers this week, which we had some good success last week. Justin Fields and DJ Moore were part of that group. Uh, is brought to you by a, a a gift I know that Betts and I will be receiving this holiday season. Every dad out there, it's kind of the time of year where you get to re-up your game. It's some dad slippers, some Christmas oh, yeah. dad slippers. Uh, Betts, we were texting yesterday, and uh, you're I was super jealous of what you're doing. You're just enjoying a good good cocktail at night, but you're watching Home Alone, which I w- immediately went into quoting the scene that I saw of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which you know it, every i feel like every year you that wear I your slippers it, uh, i was wearing my slippers of course nice cocktail it was just a uh, christmas tree was lit it's beautiful um just the best time of year watching home alone i had never really truly appreciated just how perfectly square buzz's haircut is i mean it is like someone <laughs> drew it with a pen how square it is so it's beautiful uh great but a great movie i think we're going to try to watch uh, home alone 2 this weekend it's not a great movie is one of the greatest movies and only one of the greatest that so I've always loved it. But in the last three or four years, the percentage of my movies, it is creeped up to about, I feel like 33% of the movies watched has been me watching home alone and my kids love it. So <laughs> I, I feel so happy thinking about the movie, quoting the movie, talking to you about the movie. It's the best. So our slate breakers this week brought to you by dad slippers uh, are a pair of running backs and I'll let you go first. Yes, this is not a guy that we've talked about yet on the show that I think could get lost in the shuffle a little bit this week. It is Saquon Barkley, who has been saved by Tommy Cutlets. Now, Saquon, since returning from injury, is averaging a twenty, uh, or sorry, a seventeen percent target share. That's like a wide receiver, man. So you're getting that. Plus, he's a good bet for fifteen plus carries each week with a ceiling of twenty three, twenty four, somewhere in there. So you can see a ton of work here for Saquon taking on the Saints. And the perception of the Saints is that they've been a great defense this year. You know, early in the year, they were really good. They are not great now. Since week 10, they're 19th in EPA per rush attempt, 31st in rush defense DVOA, and they're allowing 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. So he gives you a contrarian option early to give in, give you information on your lineups of what you need to do in the late window. So I like Saquon a lot this week. And then I already mentioned, I kind of like the correlation just playing with the Gi- Giants defense. Derek Hart, man, I mean... The offensive line is yelling at him in between plays. The vibes are bad. They still have injuries on the offensive side of the ball. So give me the Giants DST. Correlate him with Saquon. I like that call a lot because those two plays were not on my radar at all this That's week. That's what I'm here for. I will say those those teams are slow and inefficient. So it that's the only thing. I don't like, the, yeah, I don't like a game stack at all. Yeah. Just no, so I, I, I do like it, though, if you want to correlate those two together. Um, I'm going to go in the opposite in the spectrum. Just say this is a player that I, we did talk about, but I'm just telling you, I will be overweight the field on Kyron Williams this week outside of CMC. He probably has the most secure role of any running back in fantasy second in points per game, fifth in red zone touches, despite missing four games. That is a wild, wild stat. And over the last eight weeks, Washington is 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points. The, the past funnel is going to be talked about by everybody. 
but Kyron is an elite play. So when I'm saying he's a slate breaker, I'm saying I will be overweight the field. He will be a play that I, you know, when I'm looking at that game that I want to prioritize to get, you know, him in Stafford stacks or, you know, I'm playing Kyron uh, across from Sam Howell stacks. But Kyron Williams, I think, is one of the most elite plays on DraftKings specifically where his price is still way too low. On FanDuel, it's a different conversation. 9600 is uh, probably a bit expensive. One more segment. Prop it like it's hot. Once again, if you want to get our props, you can go to DFSPass.com. Bets gets to notify the people in our Discord channel, prop alerts, and then something we've been doing the last month. Every once in a while, we'll give a basketball prop, and we haven't really been keeping track, but I feel like we're hitting like 70% on those. Yeah, I don't know what the record is, but let's just say 70%. That sounds great, doesn't it? 70% is perfect. I will go first because it is CEH. Perhaps you've heard of him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire under 12 and a half rush attempts. You know, last week he had, he was pronounced as the quote starter. And, you know, that, that verbiage just means they might get the ceremonial first carry. But Jarek McKinnon was the way more effective back. They talked about him being more involved. And uh, this line, I feel like, is too high for his involvement on the road against the Patriots, who have been a really, really, really good defense. So CEH under 12 and a half rush attempts. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, we know the, the deal with the Chiefs, right? They're top five in neutral pass rate. And New England, since week eight, is facing the seventh highest neutral pass rate. So teams are choosing to throw on them. They're very good against the run. So that makes a ton of sense to me, especially if you t- if you think McKinnon plays a little bit more this week. So I like it. I'm going to go with Jake Browning yeah, boy. on Saturday. This is a Saturday prop. Under uh, 242.5 passing yards. We also, in the DFS pass, gave out under 33.5 pass attempts. This man is running like the sun as far as his efficiency. 9.8 YPA since taking over as a starter. Over uh, 60% of his yards have come after the catch. That is insane outlier we saw you know a little dump off to chase brown a couple weeks ago we saw the jamar chase what 75 yard after the catch touchdown a few weeks ago those numbers will regress uh, i like the under here minnesota quietly very good against the pass uh in the last uh month and a half number two in epa per drop back number one in success rate defensively is minnesota so give me under 242 and a half on jake browning take that for what it is i, I i'll also add this They've been running the ball way more than people realize. Like their rush right. rates up to forty nine percent, and uh, yeah, uh, Jake Browning's a person that we've got a ton of questions about this week. Like, should I play him over, you know, Mahomes or whoever? It's like, no, don't don't do that. Just like this is gonna crater back uh, in just a hot second, or he'll make me look stupid. But I I, I can't see him sustaining this. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. Direct you to our DraftKings league, Fantasy Ballers DFS, Borg and Bets. We have lots of fun contests. If you want to get in there and take our money over the weekend, right before Christmas. I mean, I was this close to buying presents for my kids, but the rest of you, you said, no, sorry, kids. Sorry, Houston. Sorry, Truman. Uh, It's not happening this year. So thank you so much for that holiday gift of taking my kids' money in the DraftKings lobby. I'll get some crowns for it though, right? Absolutely. And those are worth more than than money. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for us. Bets, sign us off. Yes, fun episode today, man. I'm excited about this slate. I think there's a lot of good action on it. So good luck to everyone out there this weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll be back with you guys next Tuesday. Break it all down. Good luck this weekend.
listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.